0: Hello, everybody. This is Tony Ruggiero here. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening to The Tour Coach. We're rolling through another crazy summer right now, another crazy season. There's lots of golf, lots of guys playing, lots of camps, lots of retreats, lots of travel. You know what that means? It means lots of great content coming to you. So thank you, whether you're a golf instructor, like so many folks that reach out and listen to this podcast, or you're an aspiring golfer. Somebody just loves learning about the game, loves learning about how to get better. Thanks for taking the time to listen to The Tour Coach because we've got lots of great content coming for you. Okay, And if you like The Tour Coach, you're going to love Pro Work on YouTube. I want to remind all of you, if you haven't seen it, go to Bushnell Golf on YouTube or go to at the Dew Sweeper on my YouTube channel and listen to, watch Inside the Ropes, Behind the Scenes with myself, Colby Touye, Mark Hackett, and a host of others and you'll see what it's like to be a player of all different abilities and watch how our team approach goes behind the scenes inside the ropes to find out exactly what the magic that your golf swing needs to pick up 10, 15, 20 yards or lower your handicap or get all the way out onto the PGA Tour. It's all there for you on Pro Work, just like it is here on the Tour Coach. So thanks for listening. We've got some great content coming. We've got some great discussions, some great roundtables, and some great guests coming your way this summer and this season here on the Tour Coach. And I couldn't do this Tour Coach without the following sponsors. They've been loyal to me. I'm loyal to them. I think it's one of the missing things in instruction and in our world, people that stick together. And I think that's why we've all had so much success I've got to thank the folks at Bushnell Golf for their support and their sponsorship of this show, my teaching, as well as the Pro Work Series, Vineyard Vines and the folks there. Unbelievable. They keep all the Dew Sweepers looking good. Myself, as good as you can, and all of the folks at our retreats, and especially Shrixon and Cleveland Golf, Chip Holcomb, Eddie Dry, and all of the folks there. I mean, we couldn't do without it. It's over 20 years I've been with Shrixon Cleveland Golf. I'm not going anywhere without that mason Brang and the folks over there in california take such good care of us they've got the best product that you can find anywhere so the special thanks to strict cleveland golf and then finally my good friend mitch mcconnell and the folks at mcconnell automotive buick gmc here in mobile and buick gmc for sponsoring the radio and everything that we've been going on for all of these years so we've got great sponsors we've got great partners and we're going to give you great content that's going to help all of you play better, enjoy the game better, or understand how to teach it and communicate it better. Sit back, get yourself a beverage, and enjoy the Tour Coach. And then, when you get a chance, go check out Pro Work on my YouTube. You'll be glad you did. All right. So, sitting in with me here on a uh, on a Sunday morning on the Tour Coach, we uh, shows you how much we like golf instruction we're peeling off on a sunday morning could be doing a bunch of different things we're sitting around still we had been before we started taping this we were talking golf instruction but we're uh, we're going to talk for the rest of the time here with you guys john scott rattan uh bringing him on um one of the really really good great up young up and coming teachers i've had the opportunity to get to know a little bit over the last few years picked his brain we've chatted a bunch doing a doing a Great job with a bunch of guys out there on tour, Corn Ferry Tour, um, just uh, at Congressional up there in uh, the nation's capital. Awesome spot. So, John, thanks for sitting in with me, and congrats on all the success and looking forward to chatting a little and helping some folks.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Tony. I'm uh, I'm honored to be on. You know, I listen to all your podcasts, and I get a lot out of them uh, every time. And I'm hoping that uh, we have a – I can provide some type of insight, and uh, I can learn something from you today again well I, you know we're we're going to have some fun <laughs>
0: and we're going to share some information um yep. you know the, the when I watched you know i started as started getting to know you i obviously I, when you're like us and you travel a lot you and you're flying yep. or whatever you know you have a lot of time to s i like i sit and I would just always scroll through instagram right and uh and you know kind of that's how I started following you, and you had obviously through our golf coach development and some of the stuff you'd reached out and and we chit-chatted and, uh, but I was following you. I noticed that you, you got a lot of dang good players. And the thing that impressed me was look, I mean, you're obviously in a big metropolitan area, but you, you got a lot of guys that I, I follow. And I was like, man, these guys keep getting good and they're not all from big schools uh, You know, they're not, not every one of them is, you know, I had a kid in here the other day I've taught forever plays at Alabama. Not every one of them is at an SEC school or ACC school, which we all know is like, you know, or California or Texas, which, you know, uh obviously those kids are the best of best, but you've got kids coming up from d- different angles, different schools getting really good. And I, and I've been following that. And I thought, you know, this would be good to share, share with folks. So how did you get started in this journey and what are some of your, You know, what are some of your influences?
1: Well, you know, I started my journey, like, like many coaches, like I wanted to play. And I I played, I played my college golf at Tennessee and I I turned professional. I probably played three or four years. I was good enough to play in like maybe one, I think it was nationwide event, but the, the game was going in a totally different direction. Like it was going, you hit it far and I wasn't hitting it very far. And, uh, you know, so I started, started coaching and I wanted to be a college golf coach. And, um, so I got my, my start in that direction. And back then, like, I think, I think it was 2009 or 10. I went to, uh, go see Cameron McCormick teach in Texas. Like, I think there was one year, uh, his student, I think Jordan Spieth won the U.S. or the British Open. Mm -hmm. I think his student won the U.S. Junior the same week. And I think his student won the Western Am, like all in the same week. I'm like, dang, this, this guy's pretty good. Like, I want to go pick his brain a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I spent a a couple of days with Cameron and it just blew me away at how he communicated with his, with his students. And it, the way he was able to kind of peel the layers off the onion and communicate and develop, like I was very, um, taken by that. And so I would say that like had a big impact on me. And then TPI, I think has been a huge, um, it's been a huge resource for me. Greg Rose is from Maryland. Not many people know that like, TPI started in Maryland. Wow. Didn't I mean, know day, that day, new nugget yeah, date? <laughs> Dave Phillips was the director of instruction at uh, Caves Valley, and Greg Rose. When I was growing up, I saw started seeing Greg when I was like fourteen or fifteen. Okay, and he was teaching Olympic gymnasts like Dominique Dawes and and stuff like that. So like I went to see Greg, and and you know I've stayed in touch with Greg from here on out. Like TPI has been a huge resource for me. So, you know, learning from other teachers like guys like you and then my coach growing up, Bob Dolan. Um, you know, at Columbia Country Club and, and Cameron and Mark Blackburn, those guys have all had a huge influence on me, not only me, but tons of teachers coming up. So that's kind of where I got my start with it.
0: Yeah, Cameron, man, i tell you what, uh, does an unbelievable job. Not sure he gets enough credit, uh, him and Jordan, for, one, understanding that golf goes up and down, right? And and uh, yeah. I've always respected – their relationship and the job Cameron's done with Jordan for not only how good he was, but, like, they went through tough times together. And that's – I mean, you're you're in this business. That's incredibly difficult. And for them, that speaks volumes at his ability – Cameron's ability to not just coach, but to manage relationships and understand the dynamic of what's going on and and, and also to keep people on track. And, and I mean, that's it's a he, – he's nice. he's one of the best in the world at it.
1: I told I couldn't agree with you more, and I think it's such an underestimated skill as a coach to be able to do that. It's not just about hey, you know, what's the club face look like on your backswing. It's so much more, uh, you know, ma- helping the relationship and putting Jordan as the person first. And what does Jordan need? And mm-hmm. What does Jordan need? And I think you know, it's I told couldn't agree with you more. I think you know everyone everyone wants to do captain shit until they're the captain, right? Right. It's right. easy on the outside. <laughs> Looking at it, and being like, yeah, I could just, you know, tell Jordan to do this in his swing, and he hits it better. It's just not; it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't and work like that. <laughs> he's done an awesome job with him, and Daniel Berger, and like so many. He's, he's helping Tom Kim, and you know, he's done a great job with him.
0: Oh, absolutely. So let's. Uh, uh, so you wanted to get into coaching, obviously the college yep. coaching route. Then you had the TPI yep. influence. Uh, yep. You know, similar to me, my my uh, as far as like my mentor Hank Johnson was. On the forefront of TPI, you know, and that, you know, did with before TPI, Alabama sports medicine and all that stuff. So a lot of my background, you know, and teaching pivot and some of the stuff sprung off some of that same, you know, the same idea and understanding what the body could and couldn't do. And then obviously led me to my work with Colby. But, um, you you talk a little bit about, you know, said, let's talk about Joseph Bramlett. OK, I've been incredibly impressed with how good he's played over the over the last several years. How did you guys get together? And and I want to go from there. Like, what do you think it is? If you know, if you were if you were a 17 year old and came to you and you said, like, what do I got to do to go from where I am? Decent high school golfer to have a chance to play pro. I want to pick your brain. Like, what do you think that person needs to do, or what what's the pathway for those type of people? Because you're very good at it.
1: So, I I appreciate that. Well, well, Joseph. So, I met Joseph. I'll backtrack on that a little bit. So, I played the USAM in 2002 at Oakland Hills, 2001 or 2002 at Mm -hmm. Oakland Hills, and that was my first USAM. And same with Joseph. Joseph was at that point the youngest. Player ever to play in a USAM. So he was like 13 or 14. And I just remember uh, seeing Joseph there. He was tiny, he was small. But you know, the shirts we used to wear, like they, used to, like, yeah. down yeah. past your <laughs> yeah. elbows, like his shirts were going down to his wrist. I'll never forget seeing him. I was like, man, that kid's young. I'm like, so I knew Joe. I knew, obviously, I knew who Joseph was, but his agent um, at the time was a member at my golf course. Okay. Um, Bethesda Country Club is kind of where I started coaching full time. And so in 2016, Joseph was on. Mm-hmm. A major medical from the corn Ferry tour like he had played one year on the pga tour and then finished maybe 26 lost kept didn't keep his card on the or get his card on the pga tour so his agent said uh, you know like hey joseph's been out for three years with a back injury and like we're having trouble you know getting him back playing you take a look you know, no problem of course his name is fred i was like of course fred take a look and i just i remember you know joseph walking in and you know, at that time, like he came, walked up on the range and like, he didn't walk well. Like you could tell he was in pain and mm. he couldn't hit anything over a seven iron. Um, if I showed you the swings, like he was swinging away from pain, he wouldn't get in side bend, you know, yeah. uh, he didn't really have any hip turn, didn't really know how to like get into his right hip and his back swing. So it created a lot of extension in his spine. So you could see some things that were, were glaring that why his back would act up. And, you know, it was hard for him to finish a four round tournament at that point. Um, that was twenty seventeen ish, and so we spent a good year. You know, he was playing mini tour golf. He was playing, uh, you know, the the Cal State Opens and the the, uh, mm-hmm. the stuff in Monterey out there. He's from California, and he had two starts, I think, three starts left in the Corn Ferry Tour to earn his his medical out medical uh, money back. It's a cool story. I went down in caddy form in Panama, and uh, he you know finished twentieth, and the next week in Mexico, he finished fourth. <laughs> so he it was it's incredible he shot like a final round something eight seven or eight under and finished fourth and you know kept his card in 2019 he's back on the pga tour and he's been on the pga tour ever since and it's it's very rare that you see somebody it's very rare that you see somebody i think um go from a back injury to now he's like top 10 and top 15 and driving distance and club head speed. And like, he moves it and like, he's hitting it hard. What did you, it's not, it's not a common thing.
0: What did you do to make him or help him enable him to play well at the level he is? And obviously improve, not just get back to what yeah. he was, but better. I mean, to be where he is on the PGA tour and do that around his back and, or to do it, what type of, th- I, I'm guessing here, the TPI background uh, and that type of those resources helped you and aided you in this.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like we, like, we got him on amm we measured and you could see the you know the extension and through his spine and his backswing so we we knew that's where we kind of had to address we we uh got him loading into his right hip better um we got him turning his spine and, and like using his core a little bit differently in his backswing and then his transition sequencing was way more dynamic if you can think um you know most of the time i see somebody in a reverse spine their transition sequence usually starts with their arms like very rarely are you going to see somebody like have a little glide that leans towards the target and so you combine those factors okay we get him into his right hip he's able to create a little bit of sequencing to it and then joseph six 64 well, he's a hell of an athlete yeah and so you're now you're starting to create more force you create more speed and more force and you know i think when i met him his club speed was like 114 or 15 and um it's probably on tour probably 23 ish now and he's an incredible wedge player that i think the the uh underrated part of his like he's an incredible wedge player like inside of i say wedges for him he hits his there's sometimes his lob wedge he swings in at like 99 miles an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like i have to check my track man a couple times when i see that um <laughs> but you know his wedge play is very good for a long hitter and uh, you know like you look at statistically he's very solid and all that uh, so we got him into his right hip you know he has some good trainers around him that we we work cl- very closely uh, with how to move his body better and how to like get into some of those positions and get a better sequence with it. So I would say a lot of it would be getting into his right hip, reducing his, you know, extension in his back and then a lot of sequencing work.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, I you know, my personal beliefs are, you know, obviously there's outliers to everything, but that, you know, I think that these people are learning to, you know, everything's about speed now, right. You know, everybody that yeah. comes to us yeah. and, and, and I mean, we can't run from it. We can't hide from it, but, you know, I feel like, you know, some of the reasons some of these people get hurt is because they're creating speed that they're not strong enough to handle yet, you know.
1: Totally. And, totally.
0: you know, and I think that when that happens, you start seeing like crazy side bends and you see all this stuff. And while the numbers look good on a track band or a quad, there are maybe not you know, healthy. And so I've just, you know, kind of going towards like where we, where I had said like a 17 year old and I want to pick your brain on this Yep, is like, you know, I think you develop a good turn where they can load and, and sequence and unwind. And then, you know, I think once you get there, a whole lot of it is like maintaining that, but then they get strong enough to be able to
1: do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, to- totally. Yeah. I and mean, I think like, the simplest way I can say it, and it makes sense in my head perfectly perfectly is but you have to understand what good golf is mm-hmm. and I think when you're when it's, it's easy as what I see in so many golf pros is we have the, the worst fomo right like <laughs> we we see somebody doing something or a new training aid or and like we 're fear of missing out oh, I want to go to this conference or I want to mm-hmm. do you know see what this guy's doing and we lose sight on what what's good golf. Good golf is hitting in the center of the face and being able to control have have a dominant ball flight and control your ball and control your distance. Like that's not sexy but it works. And I think with any player I'm always asking myself what skill do I want to improve today? Like what skill am I working on? I'm not doing it to you know, make it look better. I'm like, hey, how can I help this player, you know, or help the person in front of me learn a different skill or own this skill at a higher level or be able to fight the ball in the wind? And because there's all these things. If you play at a decent level and you're around it, like, you know what it takes. No you question. Know, like Trevor Cohn, Trevor Cohn's a student of mine. Trevor, you know, is an incredible ball striker, um, you know, and, he, you know, where we got to get better is, hit how like how far he hits it we got to you know we got to know how far he hits it on a more consistent basis and it's not sexy it's not like talking about lead wrist flexion and ground force but it's it matters and i think you're always as a 17 18 19 year old is is learning who you are as a golfer and not forgetting what good golf is and what does good golf look like for you is it you know is it shaping the ball a certain way is it knowing like is knowing how to eliminate three putts is it learning something from decades so you make better decisions and and I think you're you're always trying to figure something like that out but you know going from 17 to 22 as a golfer that's a huge journey i mean you know right. it's like it's, it's <laughs> talk about ups and downs like geez.
0: yeah and i and i think the one thing too that parents and and, and you could apply this to the 12 handicapper that comes to you or me that says, Hey, I want to get where I'm competitive. Right. Like the age, the handicap level doesn't, mean like the journey's the same. I don't think people understand, you know, we had touched on this earlier, like how many ups and downs and that the, the path from where you are now to where you're going to be in four years, if you're going to improve a lot, isn't a straight line, (laughs) you know? No, it's not right. I wish it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'd be way less stressed. Right. Yeah. uh, I probably wouldn't be going to Springfield tomorrow. Right. I mean, (laughs) as lovely as it is this time of year in Springfield, Missouri, but, you know, uh, wouldn't be doing it. And I I think that that's uh, and I think that's where when it comes to coaching and teaching is and and people are going to hear this and they're going to argue, but, you know, like there's more to develop in talent and teaching and coaching than just x's and o's wrist angles square club faces and understanding numbers and there's so I much tell, more
1: i tell all my students at some point i'm going to tell you tell all my students like golf swings don't win tournaments people do mm-hmm. and i think like there's i get pushback on that sometimes like no no like, usually the best technique is going to win and no. i'm like no <laughs> it's, it's not going to win all the time because, you know, you could be Sam Burns and plug it in the lip and Sam's got an incredible golf swing and you saw what happened to yeah. him this week. at this guy. That was crazy. And, uh, it's just not that simple. It's how you react to certain outcomes. It's how you, you know, like Rory's had to do like Rory just won today. Incredible finish. You know, he had to make that 15 footer on that last hole and, or however far it was. And he had to be able to manage all the ups and downs he's had to face the last, you know, missing the cut at the PGA, or or missed not the PGA. He missed a cut in a major this year. But you know what I'm I'm oh, yeah. to say is like you have to deal with so much more than just how your backswing looks. <laughs> you know what I think
0: Rory for those of us you know especially developing young people is a perfect example to explain to me, like if people don't think that off the golf course stuff impacts how you play and stuff. You know with everything that's gone on, regardless of what side of the fence you're on, with Live and the PGA Tour he expended an enormous amount of energy emotional and mental and attention to that right yeah, right incredible and and you know it, there's you know he's this is his second win of the year by the way Trevor Cohn, your student's leading in at the Barbasol, so shout out to that Let's I know go. you'll be I know yeah. you'll be excited Let's watching go. that today uh paired I think I think paired with my former student Lucas yeah. I think they're paired together be a good match they're um Lucas. two two good guys um but, you know, there's just, you know, understanding that there's more to it I think is important for people is that they want to develop and that when you go take a golf lesson from somebody like you or me, like what you need to do to get really good is, is more than what we're going to tell you in an hour or two hour session, oh. and whether you do 3d or you swing cat or whatever the heck it is, like there's more to it. And I, and I, you know, I get this guy from Philadelphia who was like an eleven handicap, and now he's down to like an eight. And I mean, he texts me nonstop, and he's like, "Well, I've just, I've just got to get better. Like I miss, you know, I'm not making enough bird. I'm like, you know, like, dude, like you've done this in six months, man. Like it isn't
1: all, it isn't all, you know, strawberries and cream." it's not all strawberries and cream. And I think that's the, it's, it's definitely not. And I mean, I know me, I beat myself up on it all the time for it. Like I wouldn't say I'm the best at handling it and I need to, it's not, it's it's definitely not easy. And the, the learning from a lesson doesn't start or it doesn't really happen in the lesson. When you think about it, like you come and get instruction from Tony and it's like the learning happens afterwards and how you apply it five days later. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's uh that journey is so tough and it makes this game so rewarding and and so hard at the same time
0: (laughs) you know uh, people uh, you know i I do a lot of my instruction where i have folks come in to work two three days and and they we may work 20 minutes at a time 20 minutes you know whatever they're rotating around they're doing different things and it was by happenstance like most things you discover that work for you it's not like you plan it it just happens um yeah, I start like I had a couple good players that were like, "Man, this is way better than taking a two hour session because, like, I get some info and then I get to go work on it and process it."
1: Yeah, and they get to go make it their own. Right come back with a question. Yeah, and then with, there's right. There's a back and forth to it that's invaluable. You're basically getting five weeks of back and forth and and you know in that session, that's awesome. And
0: and I, you know we had totally. a guy we had a guy you in a couple weeks ago was a former hockey player, right? Had played developmental hockey. And he said to me at the end, he's like, man, this was great. I'm always, you know, uh, like you're always worried whether when somebody comes to you, like, you know, Hey, did they get what they're looking for out of it? You know, I always worry about that. You know, uh, like I don't want somebody to leave and be like, ah, that's not what I was looking for. And he was like, man, this took me back to like real high end when I was a really good junior hockey camps. And I was wow. like, "Oh, really?" He's like, "Yeah, man. Like, we we worked on everything we needed to do to be good at hockey, but we got like little bursts. And then it was our job to go play and do it, apply it, then come back, you know. And I think that uh, I think that a lot of teachers like you and that are having a lot of success, development, developing good young players, is because we're understanding more about how you develop talent." rather than the traditional way that like, you know, when I was coming up, I was fortunate to have some great teachers, but my, I got a one hour golf lesson and then I was just on my own for a month or whatever, you know? (laughs) Right. So I think the way we develop talent is different now than it used to be.
1: So different. It's so different. It's so different in gosh, when I was in college or growing up than what it is now, it's handled way different and we have way more at our disposal to use it. I mean, I like, we have way as coaches, we have, you know, you have so much technology and you have so much information around it from a PT, from a trainer, from guys like Colby who's incredible at what he what he does and communicating these big macro movements in these like small, you know, small, easy ways to understand. And the way you nurture it, it's, it's so much different. And going back to Cameron, I think Cameron's incredible. <laughs> He's an mm-hmm. incredible coach at that. Incredible coach at that. How do
0: you on that level, whether it's an up and coming good player, Joseph Brandlett, Trevor Cohn, how do you manage all the diff because there's a lot of info out there like where they've got their trainers, they've got their mm-hmm. agents when they're pros, they've got wives and girlfriends, they've got you know they've got a short game coach, they've got you know a PT. How do you manage all that info so that people stay in their lanes and that the player continues to get better and doesn't go off on tangents?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I think it's it's easier said than done. And I think um, the, the number one thing is you have to have a really good relationship with your player, right? Like me me, and Joseph and me and Trevor or whoever I'm, I'm like, you have to have a strong relationship and communicate with them really well. And often, um, I think the best work that I do is away from like a, a tour event. You know, I go to tour events, you go to support your player if anything comes up, but I really try to do the most work I can do um, away from tournaments. So like this week, um, you know, Joseph's not playing in Reno. So I'll be in Las Vegas with him for a couple of days at the end of the week. And we'll get with his trainer and we'll get with his, his, uh, his putting coach. And we're going to get everybody together and we're going to do it away from the tournament and then implement it when he plays. So when he gets to the course or when he gets to Minnesota on Monday, like he's got two or three simple things he knows he needs to do and play. And um, same with Trevor. Um, I think, it's it's uh, you know, they're so different people like each player is so different. And Trevor doesn't want a lot of information. Trevor could be done in an hour and a half and, you know, he won't need you for a while. He's a little bit different. You as a coach, you're always like kind of a leader of where that where that next step's coming from. But I think the more you do away from a tournament, the, 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 the more successful you're going to be at help managing all of those relationships with it. But it, it all comes down to your relationship with the player and making sure that's super strong. So if anything comes up, you can communicate. Yeah, I think, you know, the work
0: away from the golf course is so key. And especially, I think, you know, having a good plan, especially with, like, your you know, preparing them as they come up. Right, because – and I think it's hard when you start with a guy who's already a tour player because I think they get where they kind of expect you to come out, and that's the work they do because, you know, a lot of times that's where you meet them, and so you start working. But I think the sooner and the better you can condition your player to say, like, hey, I'm going to come out. Basically, I'm there to to check on you, make sure everything's okay. But, like, we're going to plan our work, you know,
1: that's so true. To where it's That's like, so hey, true.
0: you know, and, and I always think big picture and don't always tell students, like I won't always tell a player, but like I'll know, you know, when we get to November and December and there's not much going on and we've got a little time, this is what I want to change or do, right? Um, you know, I think I think nowadays with scheduling and, and do, I think you're dead, you've hit the nail on the head with off-week work. I think it's more important than ever – and I think that's one of the challenges of what we do. And I think that's now for high school kids to whatever. There's just so yeah. much to do, man. Like, these, high sc- these yeah. junior golfers play a busier schedule than tour players. Yeah, it's so ridiculous.
1: I was, yeah, was going to say, like, in, in college, like, I tell all the, the kids I coach in co- like, the amount of qualifying in tournaments you do, like, you don't have time to work on your swing. Like, I was a college coach. I played. Like, we don't schedule, hey, from 2 to 4 o'clock, you know, you're going to have time to go work on your off swing. Like, that's just not mm-hmm. what you do. You have time to practice your short game. You have time to do some type of other – You know, you, you, they say you're only about 20 hours a week, but it is what it is. Around yeah. the golf for the NCAA is like three hours. So we know we know how much time you're putting in. So you don't really have time to go, like, if you're playing and competing, you don't have a time time to go work on your swing and it's no different uh, at the tour level. And it's, it makes it so much easier. The better status you have, you know, like you can make your own schedule and you know, you can plan your off weeks a little bit better and you're playing courses that suit you. And, uh, it's a different, it's a different level than, you know, where you have to go chase every tournament and you're like, man, like, I've played eight eight or nine in a row, and the last thing you want to do on a Tuesday playing eight or nine in a row is go introduce a new concept like, yeah. on the driving range at, in Minnesota. like that's not. I don't think that's what good golf looks like. Sometimes you'll probably have to do that, but you know, the last thing you want to do is try to introduce something really, really new on a Tuesday. Like That's not – you try to stay away from that as, as far as – I don't want to stay as far away from that as possible.
0: I, I had a player going through a few years back was going through a stretch of playing great golf having a great year gets to minnesota and somewhere in there somebody decides that like they should evaluate like their i think it was the, it was their drive it was their driver right and or it was the driver of three wood camera anyways but they hit the player hit probably on a Tuesday and Wednesday, probably six bags of balls trying to figure this out, right? This guy mm-hmm. just I mean he'd had a zillion top tens close to winning. Never played good like I swear, you know, Caddy and I always say like that was the start of not playing well for a stretch. Like there was a problem introduced that wasn't a problem. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then you got the player thing about it. then not only that, they're out of their routine. They're hitting yeah. a zillion more balls than they than they normally hit. And it was the start, and I, and I think that that's like you know I I've always said that the times I've gotten fired were the times I lost control and didn't do as good a job as I normally do managing situations, and that that was one of them, right? And that's kind of yeah. what we're talking about, and I think that's what you're doing such a great job, and why you've got young players having such success.
1: Yeah, well, I mean that's an, it's like like I said, it's like you, you you do the best you can to create a plan and you stick to the plan, and it's never gonna it's never gonna be as linear as you want, <laughs> where you 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 say. You go give a lesson, and golf, good golf happens right away. And gosh, Minnesota—I remember that range is dead into the wind all yeah. the time. And that's the last place I would want to do a driver fitting. Right, right. Um, but it's a the environment there is just—it's tough.
0: It's that's a tough one. You know, also too that range is wide open, right? So yeah. there's not like a lot of targets where you like you get on a golf course. I just, you know, uh, yeah. Same thing, and I mean that's what you know one of the distractions that's out there that. that you have to navigate is equipment people, right? Always yep. – everybody's got a shaft. Everybody's got a head, right? You know, I mean, it, it's one yep. of the things. Um, what do you, So you look at – last question here. So you look at guys you got like Joseph and Trevor, young guys playing, playing great golf, having a lot of success. When you look at their development and you look at what makes them good, is there a common denominator when you look at good young players now you say that – you know, I, I mean, without distance, because I think – I mean, I think most people we able to make hit almost far enough now. I mean, I really do. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the ball and the yeah. club. So, what is a common denominator you see in in people that are getting
1: better? I mean, I think it's resiliency. I think that you know, pro golf, golf beats you up. I don't care at mm-hmm. what level, what player you are, it's going to come get, catch you and whether you're tiger woods and you're chipping not chipping well or you're jordan spieth and you're on top of the world and then you know something changes he got really sick and you know he didn't feel great and, and i don't care who you are it's gonna come mm-hmm. it's gonna come find you and um it's the ability to you know get back on the horse the next day and and uh, be resilient and sometimes you know courageous doesn't look like doing something heroic courageous like i'm gonna go you know be you know believe in myself and wake up tomorrow and go practice and you know get better at it and I've missed a couple cuts in a row but I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to go you know believe in myself and, and go work on it and I think without that you know there's no chance so I would say it's like the resiliency of learning how to deal with failure and learning how to deal with disappointing disappointments like Jimmy Stanger is a, a great example like Jimmy mm-hmm. he just won in the corn fair a couple year a couple weeks ago and the last couple years um, Jimmy, you know, was probably inside the top twenty-five going into the last four or five events. and He never sealed the deal. And yeah. to be able to, you know, it will beat you up, and you'll lose some faith in in the process of what you're trying to build and do and yourself. And you know that that those were a lot of those conversations we had this this winter was like, how do we how do we get past that? And I'm proud. Of, I'm I'm so proud of him for being able to to pick himself up and believe in himself. And work hard on the things he needed to work hard on. Um, as much as I am, is him being able to do a pelvic tilt, you know, because that's mm-hmm. some of the things he needs to do in his golf swing. But like, what really got him through is his own belief in himself and in that resiliency to to push through when it gets tough. Like, you know, oh, that's, that's it. I think without that, you're you got no chance. And, and that's, if, that, if you, that's
0: if, for every level of
1: golf. Every level of golf, and as a coach, you're, you're always coaching that. Like the game's over over-taught, under-coached. and like you've got to like the coaching aspect of it. Like you got to have high high IQ in that in that regard.
0: Awesome stuff, John Scott. Thanks. thanks of first course, of all so for thank taking you. the time.
1: If Anybody out there, listen, we
0: have a lot of golf teachers that listen to this, obviously, as well as students and stuff. So if you're one of those and you got a ballot for Golf Digest, top 50, best Estate, John Scott deserves everybody's vote. One of the great young teachers (laughs) out (laughs) there. I'm going to give you a shout out. I I really do. I admire the work you're doing. I think you're doing great. And thanks for taking the time on this morning. Good luck to Joseph and to Trevor today. And, And keep up all the good things. And I'll look forward to catching up with you soon, buddy.
1: All right. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate you. All right.
0: I hope you enjoyed this edition of the tour coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of the tour coach in between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at the do sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and the do sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrickshon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.